Welcome everyone to SR167 Q&A. Today we're going to talk about the security and privacy of mobile banking apps, as well as what we think about certain custom ROMs for the Pixel Fold, uh, if privacy is getting easier or harder nowadays, and uh, our favorite Pokemon, as well as DMV privacy. These questions are from our patrons from patreon.com slash surveillance pod. So if you want to join the Q&A, uh, check it out down below and you can be one of our supporters and help our podcast go. So the first question again is from David Johnson, which is what is your opinion about the security and privacy of mobile banking apps? They specifically say no not payment apps like Venmo and Zelle, but actual mobile apps directly offered by major banks in the U.S. Um, and pretty much they just talk about the different pros and cons that they see. Um, and I guess I'll start. Nate definitely has some notes here. Um, personally, I, I'm kind of impartial on my end. Um, I think that there's I've seen benefits of keeping it in your web browser and kind of reducing that attack surface and keeping it just on the website. I've also seen some arguments about the authenticity and uh, it's a lower likelihood of being fished from the mobile app. Um, so I think it's kind of a, a very I think that, yeah, you might see valid arguments either direction. For me, it's kind of a nitpicky thing. And I think that um, whatever is more convenient for you and fits with your workflow is going to be best. So I do have uh, one or two banking apps I use, but I also use one of them online as well, uh, just for a different workflow that I have on one of my devices. So um, that's personally my thing. I think that it's definitely like a more nitpicky thing that won't probably make or break your workflow. Personally, I'm of the camp that unless you have a, and I mean, I feel this way about all apps, like unless you have a reason, I don't think you should keep them. Um, for example, if you're living paycheck to paycheck and like every time you go to the grocery store, it's like, do I have enough money for groceries? Like then yeah, you would need to pull up your app on the spot or, um, you know, if you're like, I, I used to be in a situation where for a long time, my bank did not have an ATM in my area and I was a freelancer. So paper checks were actually pretty common. And so I would use the mobile app to to deposit those checks. So there definitely are situations, but overall, I think for the vast majority of people, probably, or maybe not vast, but for, for most people, I think most people probably don't need it. Um, I think whatever you're trying to do can wait until you get home. But yeah, generally speaking, I, I like you said, if you don't have it, it's less attack service. It's one less app to be hacked. It's one less app to be compromised if your phone gets lost or stolen. Um, yeah, unless you have a specific need for it, I would say just... Just check it on your web, your desktop. Savage Salem wants to know, do you think we will see EOS for the Pixel Fold? I don't know if I even knew the Pixel Fold was a thing before you left this comment. Um, I'll say for the sake of those who like EOS and want a Pixel Fold, I would say, sure, I hope so. Um, but also on a Pixel, why not use like Calyx or Divest or, you know, one of, one of the more secure OSs that lets you lock the bootloader? Um... I mean, I, I don't know if all of them are necessarily available on Pixel Fold. I haven't really been on Matrix lately. I, I think maybe Calyx might be working on that, but I could be wrong. I think, actually, here, I will say, I think we'll see it if people demand it. So if enough people write EOS or Calyx or whoever and say, hey, I really, really want this for the Pixel Fold, and you, like, pitch in some money, and if you're a programmer, pitch in some code, I think we'll probably see it. But if there's no demand, I don't think they're going to do it. Next question is from Parker, and it's, is privacy getting easier or harder? There are more and more products and services being released that are privacy respecting. Some countries release laws that try to protect people's privacy, while at the same time, there are a lot of services that are pushing against VPNs, adblock, and forced KYC, and try to collect as much data as possible. Any new tech that comes out is collecting data by default, whether it's a car or an electric toothbrush. At the same time, certain laws are getting passed that threaten user privacy. Seems it's an ongoing battle. How do you think this will play out in the next few years? What about the next couple of decades? Um, it's a pretty loaded question, and I think we could probably talk about this for like an hour. Um, but uh, at least on my end, uh, I would say that, yeah, I think that we see pros and cons happen all around the world, and we see some wins, some losses, and it's kind of hard to see the general trajectory. 
um, for the next several years. There's always some concerning things happening in certain parts of the world, and there's not concerning things and big wins happening in other parts of the world. And I think that it's really tough to tell just how things will pan out in the next few years. But yes, like we're seeing more and more services that do bake in privacy by default, as we're seeing other ones that are more privacy invasive. And I think that that's a natural shortcoming of us having this ultra like surveillance capitalist digital world right now, where people who rely on very invasive industries have to become more dependent on the invasiveness of those industries to survive, while other people push against the industries with more clever and creative solutions that protect users. And so I think that like we might continue to see more of the extremes come out uh, as time goes on. And I don't know where that's going to end up, but yeah. Very quick addendum. Nate accidentally selected his wrong mic this week, and so his mic is a little bit lower quality than mine. We tried to fix it up, but next week should hopefully be back to normal. Thanks for working with us. I, I'm kind of the same as you. I, I think it's both. I think we're going to see some some wins, some losses. I think the the big thought that I have when I read questions like this is I think it's really important to remember that there are few, if any, homogenous groups and when I say that, I'm I'm thinking specifically of government, but this really applies to any any large group, especially large groups. Like when we think of the government, especially in, in the privacy community, and I'm just using them as an example, we tend to think of like the government trying to take away our rights. And it's not usually like that. It's usually like, y'all are not going to like this answer, but the NSA. I think they genuinely believe that they're trying to help protect America and make the world a better place. Are they actually? That's clearly up for debate. But, you know, and then there's, you know, these these other groups that are, and don't get me wrong, I think some of them are genuinely just trying to power grab. I'm not trying to say everybody thinks they're the, well, everybody does think they're the hero of their own story. That's just kind of how humanity works. But, you know, it, it, the point is, like, they have conflicting aims like the nsa if you ask anyone at the nsa they're like bro we are the front line we are the most important group like we deserve all the funding and if you ask anybody at the army they're gonna say like what are you talking about we're america's front line we deserve all the funding and then the fbi is gonna be like bro what the heck i'm standing right here so and and then again within those groups you have people who and i personally met these people i promise you they exist who are just like, all I care about is me and my promotion and my pension and my next, uh, well, I said promotion, but, you know, like my career and I'm going to get it no matter what. I'm going to look out for number one. And just there's always different factions and different people competing for different resources and priorities. Um, so I think that's important to remember because especially with the government, we see these really, well, like even Apple, we see these really confusing moves where on the one hand, they're like killing PWAs and, you know, creating this obnoxious app store and just generally being as difficult as possible. But then on the other hand, they're also like, hey, we also just upgraded iMessage and it's actually even better now. Still not perfect for the record. I have so many issues with that article, but um, in case you guys can't tell, we're recording this one kind of later in the week. Uh, you know, we'll talk about that in, in the upcoming episode this week. But it, my point being like, I, I think, Apple's a good example, actually. Even within this single company, we're already seeing conflicting values and conflicting actions that are not in alignment and uh, in either direction. We're seeing good moves and bad moves from the same freaking company. So it's just, yeah, it's important to remember. I think we're going to see both because there's people who, and then, of course, just to throw it out there, like I said, there are people who I think are genuinely trying to do the right thing. They're just going about it the wrong way. And then, of course, there's also people who are just completely unrelated and accidentally discover something horrifying that has privacy implications. So yeah, uh, just 
long way to say. I think we're going to see improvements in some areas and setbacks in others, and it's probably probably going to be like that for a long time, if not forever. Okay, next up comes from Riddick. Do you know any legit sites to buy series or movies for offline or network attached storage use? For example, South Park, Simpsons, Anime. I don't want to be relying on streaming services or even an internet connection to watch stuff. Um, so, for all the... Nah, I won't say that. Um, so this is, yeah, this unfortunately... Legally speaking, I remember back in the day when you used to buy a DVD or a Blu-ray and it came with a code to download the movie, and I don't think that's a thing anymore, unfortunately. Um, there's really not a lot of good options here. I think the most morally legitimate option would be ripping the DVD, although, to be fair, well, number one, to be fair, there's a lot of things that never came out on DVD, especially nowadays in the age of streaming. Um, there's a lot of like Netflix originals and stuff like that that just were never released on DVD and you can't legally buy them anywhere. Um, number two, technically speaking, ripping DVDs is still a violation of the terms of service. I don't know how they would even find that out to take you to court, like assuming you're not, you know, seeding it on a piracy site. I don't know how they'd even find out you did it in the first place. It's still relying on the service. So like, for example, I think they mentioned Amazon Prime is one of them. Like, and it, well, we'll use Netflix, for example, because I know Netflix is one of them. With, I think, a, I don't think it's available to all tiers, but there is a tier of Netflix where you can download the show. So like, for example, if you're going to be flying on a plane, you're not going to have internet connection. You can download a couple episodes and then you can watch it while you're flying. But you're still, like you said, you're dependent on netflix and the streaming services so i will say i i know i made a really big deal on on a previous q a about my position on piracy and for the record i i really appreciate that everybody at least everybody i saw was really civil with your disagreement i don't mind if you disagree with me i just thank you for not calling me names and flipping out on me um but i i think this is one of those areas where i think the piracy people have a point like i said like what about there was a movie i haven't seen it but there's a horror movie called hushed that i've heard really good things about i've heard it's a genuinely great movie and it's not on Netflix anymore because there was some kind of uh, royalty dispute. And now you just can't watch it. Like, literally, your only choice is to pirate the movie. And I, I fully accept that there are gray areas like that. Or, like I said, like, you could go out and buy the South Park on – the South Park. Uh, you could go out and buy South Park on DVD. And then, technically, it's illegal to rip it. Like, there are all these kind of gray areas. But I, I think – not to get off topic. But my, my point last week was to still support the people who are making the content – because in my opinion, it's about showing appreciation for the fact that somebody made something that brought value to your life. And they didn't have to do that. They took time out of their day to learn a skill and made something with it that benefits you. Um, so I, I think, yeah, when it comes to like legally buying visual content, it's kind of a crap show right now. And there's really not any good options out there. But I, I think morally speaking, I think it's still important to find a way to say, okay, how can I find a solution where I'm not reliant on these services, but also still show my support for the people who made it. That's, that's my two cents. Yeah. Also, I'll, all I'll add to this is I think it sucks that there isn't an easier way to do what you want to do, because I think what you want to do is completely valid, could be completely legal. And the fact that like technically a legit legal way to do this doesn't really exist to be honest. Um, because it should be easy to do. There should be a way for you to just spend $10, get a movie, and be able to own it like you would a DVD. And the fact that option doesn't exist, I think, is completely on like the movie industry for not allowing that to be an option for people. Okay, so our last question comes from King Cavapoo. 
who says, my understanding is that the DMV or Department of Motor Vehicles requires us to disclose our home addresses and then sells this info. You are understanding correctly for the record. Do you know any legal ways to protect ourselves? Um, so I will say I am not a lawyer, number one. Uh, number two, I know Michael Basil talks about this quite a bit in Extreme Privacy, and I think he... I don't know if he he's hinted at it, but he's mentioned a few times. I think he's planning to, or he might already have it. Actually, I don't think he has it. Anyways, he's for those of you who keep up with him, you know he's putting out like these individual eBooks. I think he's probably got one coming about this very topic because apparently that's one of his most requested topics. Um, and that's basically he suggests looking into a nomad license. Now, there's only a few states that offer them. Texas is no longer one of them. He said it. He said it is, but it's not. Um, and there's also like a lot of legal gray area because you're supposed to reside in the state for a certain amount of time. Call your DMV and say, hey, I just got a remote position at my job. I'm going to start living out in an RV and traveling the country. What do I do for a driver's license? Do you guys offer a nomad license or anything like that? Because I swear to God, they told me you can put any address you want, you want on there as long as it's somebody's consent who knows how to reach you. So like if you have a family member or a friend and they say like, yeah, man, you can use my address here in Texas, you can do that. Now for the record, that may not fit your threat model. Like that doesn't fit my threat model. If I put, you know, a family member's name on there and it gets doxxed and it's like, cool, now you've just dragged someone else into this and you know, my family member's address. Um, but if you're just generally worried about like not having your information sold to data brokers, and like, I know it's kind of selfish, but it's like, I don't care if their info's on there. I just don't want mine. Then that could be an option. But yeah, I would say, honestly, yeah, just contact your DMV. Say, I'm going to start living remote or traveling the country and I need to know what to do about my driver's license. And they'll probably tell you what your options are. Just just do your best. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to stay out of the address situation because I feel legally that's going to get weird. Um, so I'm just going to say, uh, make sure to just cover your basics as well. Like if you have an online account, um, I believe the California DMV has some layer of 2FA. Um, make sure that you're using alias information when you can. Uh, anything that doesn't have to be personal information, go ahead and try to use alias information, but still be reachable. Um, so that's where alias stuff really comes in. You don't just want to give them fake information, but give them something that's not going to jeopardize you. Um, so pretty much like assume that anything you give the DMV is going to be public information. So do your best to reduce what that public information is going to be. Also check, check for opt-outs as well. Um, some DMVs around the country might just have basic opt-outs that you can ask about, um, ask them in person and be like, are there any privacy rights that I have that I can um, utilize here at this DMV? So uh, that's what I'm going to say, because I'm not touching what Nate's trying to touch. Oh, and that's it for the week. This was SR167 Q&A. Again, all these questions come from our patrons. And not only do you get to ask a question, but you also get access to, uh, if you do the higher tier, you get access to our VIP episodes for the main podcast episodes. So you're going to get your news. Uh, there's not going to be any segments or anything at the beginning or the end. Also, you get a lot more discussions and a lot more context behind certain stories that we both offer and personal insights and things like that. Uh, and most importantly, uh, we do this podcast for free and we publish about out two videos a week on this podcast and now we're also doing the sr clips channel as well and so when you join our patreon you're also enabling all of that um hard work that we do back here to keep you all updated and last thing i'll say is thank you all for tuning in and keeping yourself safe out there and we'll see you next time or probably this weekend for um the main episode sr 168